Sing, O daughter of Zion, shout aloud, O Israel. Be glad and rejoice with all your heart, O daughter of Jerusalem. The Lord has taken away your punishment. He has turned back your enemy. The Lord, the King of Israel, is with you. Never again will you fear any harm. On that day they will say to Jerusalem, Do not fear, O Zion. Do not let your hands hang limp. The Lord your God is with you. He is mighty to save. He will take great delight in you. He will quiet you with his love. He will rejoice over you with singing. The sorrows for the appointed feast I will remove from you. They are a burden and a reproach to you. At that time I will deal with all who oppress you. I will rescue the lame and gather those who have been scattered. I will give them praise and honor in every land where they were put to shame. At that time I will gather you. At that time I will bring you home. I will give you honor and praise among all the peoples of the earth when I restore your fortunes before your very eyes, says the Lord. This is the word of God for the people of God. Would you pray with me? Open our ears and our minds and our hearts to the word you have for each and every one of us this day. And as I, your servant, stand before you, I pray that I would decrease, that you would increase. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable and pleasing to you, O God, my rock and my redeemer. Amen. In this series, Foretold, we are examining some of the prophetic words that spoke to the coming of the Messiah. How in the Old Testament the prophets were called to point the way toward the, the coming king, the one who would reign forever and ever. And so in this series, we're actually mostly looking at the minor prophets, the ones that we don't always get to in Scripture. And it's a funny thing about this passage, this book of Zephaniah. Uh, someone said at Bible study on Thursday night that if there were a quiz show where they said, which of these books is not a book of the Bible, he would have picked Zephaniah <laughs> because it's not one that we usually lift up. And as we think about what it is that a prophet does, the role is to speak the word of God in all circumstances. And so sometimes that is a word of, of doom and gloom. Sometimes that is a word of celebration and hope. And sometimes as we get in this passage and in this book in its entirety, it's a combination of the two. Because in Zephaniah... There is the word that is coming to the people. And it's coming in the days of King Josiah. Now here's what you need to know about King Josiah. He took the throne when he was very young. So our kids that were here today in front of us, 
playing the bells and reading, um, they were about the size that Josiah was when he became the king. He was eight years old. So kids, how many of you think you could be the king of a country or the queen of a country when you're eight years old? Yeah, their hands went right up. So Josiah was eight when he became the king because his dad was such an awful king. And his mom was horrible too. And it was so bad that people, they took the swords and, and began to slaughter all kinds of folks just so they could install. I mean, Israel was so desperate, they said, we need to install the eight-year-old as the king. That's how bad it was. When you want your ruler to be eight, you are desperate. And... It was because they had fallen away from God. Whenever Israel was listening to God, doing what God said, things were pretty good. Amen? But it's when they wouldn't that things began to fall apart. And it says that in the words of in this time, it was such a bad time that even the priests were, were praising foreign gods. It's like this story that I keep hearing coming out of Canada. And you know I love my Canadian country men and women, my brothers and sisters. But there's a minister in Toronto. You may have heard this story. But she's a minister in the United Church of Canada. And she is a self-avowed atheist. She took the Lord's Prayer out of the service a few years ago and two-thirds of the people left the congregation. But she does not believe in God, but yet she's a minister of the church. And we're like, what? She's fighting to keep her credentials. And I'm thinking, why? Why, do you, why does anyone want to support someone who will stand up and proclaim there is no God when it is their very calling and job to say that the Lord is king over all the earth? So sometimes the world we live in isn't so far from the world that Zephaniah is speaking to. But you can imagine that's what had happened. The ministers, the priests weren't being faithful to God. The people weren't being faithful to God. They put an eight-year-old in charge. The thing about Josiah is he was a great king of Israel. Because while he was young... He had advisors that they would use, but Josiah was the one who brought the people back to God. In fact, as he called the people to repent, to tear down all of the places where they were worshiping foreign gods, he actually sent workers into the temple to reconstruct it, and in so doing, they found the book. Could you imagine living in a society where we had lost all the Bibles. Nobody knew what was in them. Nobody really knew they existed. Well, in Josiah's time, one of the tradesmen went in, and as they're doing construction, they find the book, the law. Oh, snap, this is what God wanted us to do. Whoops. <laughs> they, for generations, had lost the word of God. 
They didn't know what God was expecting of them. And so Zephaniah is speaking to that culture. And this is what he says. He's pronouncing judgment over all of Judah. He's saying, I will wipe out everything from the earth, says the Lord. I will destroy humanity and the beasts. I will destroy the birds in the sky and the fish in the sea. I will make the wicked into a heap of ruins. I will eliminate humanity from the earth, says the Lord. I will stretch out my hand against Judah and against all the inhabitants of Jerusalem. I will eliminate what's left of Baal from this place. And those bowing down to the forces of heaven on the rooftops, those swearing by the Lord, those turning away from the Lord, those who don't seek the Lord and don't pursue him. Hush before the Lord God, for the day of the Lord is near. God is saying he's going to eliminate everything that there is in the world. He's going to wipe it all out. He says, this jubilant city, Jerusalem, the one dwelling securely, the one saying in her heart that I and no one else will endure forever, through, through Zephaniah the prophet, God says, she has become a desolation. A resting place for the wild animals. All those who pass through her hiss and shake their fist. God is saying to seek him. To gather. You know, in the midst of Lent. Back in the day, Lent, or in the midst of Advent, there was a time that it was more like Lent. That's why we wear purple and we have purple candles. There was a time when the church came to Advent, to this season of expectation of the Christ child, and they said, we are going to repent of all of our sins. They wore sackcloth, they prayed and fasted, because they knew, we know, that we are not ready for the true return of Jesus Christ. We have to get ourselves in order, in order to be prepared for that day. Because God is saying, when we have fallen away, there is all sorts of desolation that's going to happen. Innumerable degrees of destruction that is going to take place. Yet, in the midst of that, we come to this Sunday, the third Sunday. Godette Sunday. It means rejoice. That's why we have the pink candle that seems so out of place. You look at an Advent wreath and you think there must have been a, a shortage and they ran and grabbed the only other candle they could find and stuck it in there and it was a pink one. No, the pink is there because we're reminded to rejoice. Even in the midst of our repentance, even when we hear doom and gloom, we serve a God who can take an eight-year-old king and through him bring people back to himself. We serve a God who calls us 
to even in the midst of everything that's taking place with wars and rumors of war and all of the pain and heartache that we feel in this world, this Lord that we serve says, take a break from that and come and seek me because I am the God in whom you can find joy. Even when your heart is broken, even when you are experiencing turmoil, our God is the God who receives us and turns all of our expectations upside down. Because it's the God who says, even though I can take this young man and make him king and he is going to lead Israel well, I am the God who's going to take a teenage girl and make her the mother of the Savior. I am the God that takes everything you're expecting and I flip it upside down. And that's why in Zephaniah, in the passage that we heard, it almost sounds like it doesn't even belong there. But when we go to our scripture today, we hear a song. God is saying he's going to destroy them all, yet when we return, there is this song. Rejoice, daughter Zion. Shout, Israel. Rejoice and exalt with all your heart, daughter Jerusalem. The Lord has removed your judgment. He has turned away your enemy. The Lord, the King of Israel, is in your midst. You will no longer fear evil. (coughs) On that day, it will be said to Jerusalem, don't fear Zion. Don't let your hands fall. The Lord your God is in your midst, a warrior bringing victory. He will create calm with his love. How many of us need that? He will create calm with his love. He will rejoice over you with singing. I will remove from you those worried about the appointed feasts. They've been a burden for her, a reproach. Watch what I'm about to do to all your oppressors at that time. I will deliver the lame. I will gather the outcast. I will change their shame into praise and fame throughout the earth. And at that time, I will bring all of you back. At the time when I gather you, I will give you fame and praise among all the neighboring peoples when I restore your possessions and you can see them, says the Lord. Brothers and sisters, God promises to us all of this victory. God promises to us the gathering in of all who feel lost and ashamed and cast out. God promises this to us, and it is coming in the form of a little baby, coming in the form of the Christ child. May we all be people who recognize that God wants us to seek him with all that we are. God wants us to return to our Savior. God wants us to confess our sins before him. God wants us to give all that we are. And in the midst of this this word of Zephaniah, this word of destruction, and this word of heartache, and this word of punishment, we sing. And we rejoice because God always promises to love and bring peace and hope to his people.
So may we now come before our Lord and our Savior, bearing our sins, leaving them with this Christ child, and receiving all of the joy that we have this day, this morning, and forevermore. Would you join with me in praying our prayer of confession? For as John the Baptist